Hello everyone, welcome to yet another episode of Azure On Air. Today we have an interesting guest, Steve Jan Wiggers, who's, uh, who's a technical integration architect as head HSO and he's one of the uh, senior cloud editors as well. So uh, giving a moment to uh, Steve Jan to introduce himself. Hi Steve. Hi, Amrita. Thank you for inviting me for this uh, this podcast session. Um, like you said, I'm Stefan Wiggers. Um, I'm uh, working in this uh, industry for over 20 years, um, predominantly integrations. I'm currently uh, working at HSO in Veda now, which is a, a company, an ISV, doing a lot of Dynamics 365 work, including um, integrating with the Dynamics 365. It's a, it's a company that's close by, so I can ride my bike to the office. Um, besides that, I'm a, an Azure MVP for uh, over 10 years, um, doing a lot of stuff in the community. I'm a writer um, of uh, serverless notes. Uh, I write for InfoQ, that's a worldwide um, website translated in multiple languages for all kinds of technology, uh, including cloud technology, programming languages, architecture, and so forth. And I'm predominantly doing uh, work for the uh, what's called the cloud queue. So I write stories around uh, Google, AWS and, uh, and Azure. So that's what I do. Yeah. Super, super to hear that, uh, Steve. So uh, may I know how long you've been with Azure? I've been with Azure from the beginning. So I was uh, built in 2008 where mm. uh, Ray Ozzy, I think what's his name. So he was the successor of Bill Gates revealed the cloud platform Azure. So. It was revealed in 2008, and I think two years later, it became more or less a GA, and then initially you could do some VM stuff. And I think one of the early services or platform services was the, uh, the service bus. Uh, you might familiar with the queuing tag. Yeah. So I've been using Azure for since then, but it was like a pet project, some experimentation before it really took off in 2004, 2005, when you know, I really did some... Um, yeah, hybrid integration work and then you know slowly doing integration work itself with uh, you know the tooling that's available like uh, logic apps functions etc so so i've been there for a while that's that's nice to hear uh, steve so um as you said you were dealing with uh, you were dealing with azure integration and you are right so um what is the major needs that an organization should have for an azure integration that is implementation and building is all fine post the build what is the major need that an organization should have major for? need is um is is the monitoring that's also the, uh, the topic of this talk of course is mm. uh, once the uh, the integration solutions at play you need some kind of monitoring in place as well or in, and the support for it so um, these things these integrations usually support very important business processes so this could be the order process this could be invoicing uh, logistically uh, some process, etc., and instead of having them on-prem, um, being um, with an intermediate like a Bistock server supporting those processes, you have now more distributed a type of solution in the cloud, uh, leveraging logic apps, functions, um, let's say database, Cosmos D, caching, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's more distributed. Um, that also needs some type of monitoring. And sometimes this hasn't been thought through enough or they just leverage some of the um, services like Azure Monitor Application Insight. But holistically, um, monitoring the process end-to-end -end has never got that much thought. And then it's going to be pretty hard to assess, okay, where in my process am I 
experiencing issues, are they being signaled um, or at least identified quickly enough or how can I identify them if I don't have the information? So that's kind of the challenges. So that, those are one of the things that usually come into play or become more apparent once the solution is live then it's like, oh, okay, what do we do now? Mm. Yeah, so um, I also have a question right now here. Uh, so at which point in time you feel the organization should implement a monitoring tool in their system? I think from the get-go, uh, so mm. once you uh, identify what kind of integrations you need, what the components are, then you really have to look into, okay, how I'm going to support this solution once it becomes live. So you mm. need to set up some requirements, what are the needs, uh, how do you want to set up the end-to-end -end monitoring, uh, how are we going to facilitate in a process like a, a process model where you identify what your integration flows are, um, what your first, second, and third tier support should look like, uh, who's responsible for what part of supporting that solution, what skill set is need, and also what kind of products are we going to use like tooling. So in the end, it's like people, process, and products. And that's what it really deals about. And that should be identified from the beginning. And um, you set up some documentation as well. I call this um, our knowledge base, right? Mm. Um, which has the, how the solution in the end is implemented, more of the time details, like what kind of connections do we have? What are, what are the security details? Uh, who's gonna uh, support what? Uh, what kind of environments do we have, et cetera, et cetera. So that's one part, yeah. setting up that knowledge base, um, identify some of the issues that potentially could uh, occur, like uh, networking issues and such, and how should you mitigate it? So like setting up something like a first aid kit, uh, mm -hmm. identify, um, what kind of products you in, in the end want to do. So you can set up kind of a requirements matrix and then look at, okay, what is, does Azure provide for us or what kind of custom solution could we build or what kind of tools to, could we get from the market that are available to support uh, our integrations? Mm. Uh, so as you rightly uh, rightly said that people should use it right from the first go. So currently we see many people being migrating from BizTalk to Azure, right? From on-prem solution to That's Azure. That's true, yes. Yeah. So uh, in that case, how will the monitoring platform or monitoring uh, part of the migration work for them? So uh, like when they move from an on-prem to an cloud, will the on-prem solution also need monitoring such, just like the cloud solution has? Yeah, it should. Usually the on-prem solutions like Abyssoc uh, could mm. have uh, monitoring in, plus, uh, in, in place like uh, Abyssoc 360, right? That's a pretty well-known mm. uh, product that has been uh, used by many organizations. So that's a pretty obvious one that can still remain in place, but can mm. be uh, coincide or work with uh, tools like Atomic Scope. Or if, if you're going to move or migrate your solution completely, because that's mm -hmm. also possible, like you could you lift and shift although that's not kind of a, a viable option because you use a lot of VMs and it's quite complicated and hard to do. Yeah. So you either migrate piece by piece, so having some of the stuff still on-prem and then some in Azure, or you could even lift and shift everything by just doing replatforming and redesign and re-implementation in the cloud. And then you have to look at other products um, 
like uh, a Surface 360, uh, mm. I think no, right? there, there's some solutions out there, or you can think about, okay, I'm going to try to stick as much as possible to the Azure platform using Azure Monitor application inside. So there's a lot of stuff you can do yourself, mm. but it requires a lot of effort as well. Um, or you do, you buy it from the market, right? So you do mm. Surface 360. That's more like a buy versus build decision. Um, how are you going to set that all up? Uh, but it could it could still be that in that kind of situation where you move from Bistalk to the cloud, yeah, there's many ways of doing it. You could do via Big Bang, uh, just go over uh, easily, do it mm -hmm. step by step. It depends a little bit on the strategy, but you could end up with a myriad of tools. But then again, tools are important to yeah. to get that insight into uh, your integrations and your your processes. It's 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 it's, it's important. You need to know what goes wrong where so you can quickly identify what the problem is and resolve it because you know uh, mm. time is money in the essence and yeah your supports your processes in the end need to be uh, available and healthy for 24 7 usually mm. yeah that's that's really a good thing to implement a tool which has a uh, an easy configuration part as well, right? Because you mm -hmm. you never know whom to be involved in that part. You you will have to invest in skill resources as well for implementation. Rather than you can use a tool which is very easy to configure and put in place with your support team itself. Yeah. So uh, I would also have a question with you. Like uh, you are a consultant as well, right? So uh, yeah. So you might have seen people who are uh, coming up to you asking for monitoring solutions or for suggestions, right? So uh, how do you deal with them? What are the challenges that you faced? What are the challenges they faced in their solutions coming to you for a monitoring tool? Uh, well, tool or, or process or like, okay, Stefan, we, uh, we have set up this solution. We've gone live. Um, okay, how are we going to support the process overall? So one is be okay. You need to have your people in place with the right skill sets, of course, and that many mm. people uh, and process. But to help them in their their day to day job, they also need the tooling. They need to know okay, where can I look? Can I use Azure Monitor by going into the Azure portal and that kind of stuff? Uh, the challenges here though are like okay, but I've never touched the Azure portal and I'm not too mm. familiar with the Azure portal. Okay, then we can alternatively look to uh, products or tooling that might be more catered for what you're used to or what might be more user friendly or has an experience like, okay, I can work with this type of tool because it makes my life easier and it's also easier to use. Mm. Um, and then I kind of suggest, okay, we can have a look at, let's say, a Service 360 product that is easier, does give you uh, quite a fast insight in how healthy your integrations are and such. Mm. So, Next to your, you know, to your people and process, you're looking at products as well for making them lives easier. Yeah. So that's that's how I approach it. Like, okay, uh, Azure can be challenging. Also, if you don't have enough knowledge, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes maybe it's also not um, smart to have people touch the Azure portal, depending on how much um, access right they have. Usually, like, okay, we'll just make you owner and you know do your thing. But I you know giving someone owner rights in the subscription might not be too smart because, you know, mm -hmm. things can break or things can happen. So if you want to um, isolate them from the Azure environments, then mm -hmm. having, you know, a different tool in place to give them the accessibility, but also the way, uh, e way of allowing them to manage in a, in a, in a you know, in a, in a good way, in a, in a safe way, 
that that can be an option as well. So those those are kind of the um, the considerations as well. Thinking about your monitoring product in this case for for your integrations. Okay, how can they they help? How can it be in the tune a user interface? Uh, how can it be that they or at least give them a tool that they can really do their job and where they also don't have to fear about breaking things in Azure itself. Mm. That can help as well. So those are the yeah. time of the things that I consider or talk about when we're looking at monitoring a, uh, a live integration solution or an integration solution that going, is going to go live in a couple of weeks or months. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, oh, Steve, uh, I have a question. Like, uh, people who come to you with a complex integration solution, right? Complex Azure integration mm -hmm. or environment. So, at which point do they feel it is tough to monitor the solution? Uh, there might be resources which are hard for them to monitor through Azure and all that, right? So, at which, uh, with a complex integration in hand, uh, which point they come to you uh, as a consultant? As it, as it becomes a pretty distributed uh, solution with many components that are in Azure to to support the process end-to-end, -end, so connectivity with, let's say, Dynamics 365, then it goes through certain steps like um, mapping it to, to an intermediate, and then the intermediate is mapped to different types of messages that need to be routed to different target systems, then it becomes quite complicated and challenging and then what you kind of need to do is either set something up like a business activity monitoring that can help in end-to-end -end, or another type of solution where you would aggregate um, all these stages where the the message goes through or your information that goes from a to b or from b to a uh, have that centrally uh, set up and then having some kind of portal around it that could be type of custom solution or you would leverage something that uh, tools have allowing you to do this end-to-end -end processing because the, in the end the complexity comes from the fact that it has to go through all these steps right yeah. from source all the way up to target uh, or multiple uh, targets and then it becomes challenging because it's like okay but the message comes from this system the mm -hmm. source and then it has to traverse all the way up to these these target systems and then you know for a support person it becomes really like challenging Ooh, this is, looks pretty complex so it's very important to have a knowledge base um, around the complete setup um, mm. of the integration even if then it becomes complex so that's something i always tell them and the other thing is like okay what are the points what are the stages of of your integration that you need to monitor and how can we um, correlate them because the correlation becomes pretty complex as well if it's uh, an integration that has to go through all these steps and all these components in Azure. With BizTalk, you had this black box, right? You had your adapters, it comes in and comes out. So it was a big yeah. black box, but something went in and something came out, but it's not mm. a big black box anymore. It's a distributed uh, set of components that are supporting your integration in Azure. And that makes it pretty much complex. If it's just one message that has to go to another message, like a more point to point, then, it, then it's pretty simple, but it usually is not that simple. It's usually, uh, with Dynamics, you integrate with multiple uh, target systems and information comes back. So it's like mm. a logistic process, it's your purchase order process, your sales order process, and those are quite pretty complex processes, uh, which reflect are reflected by pretty complex integrations in the cloud. Mm -mm. Yeah. So uh, I also have this question that uh, 
um, monitoring and security are something that are interlinked in some way or the other, right? So, uh, True. yeah. So, uh, how do you throw a light on that? How do you explain that interlink to us? Um, security, in the end, is the accessibility uh, towards um, your source and target systems. Uh, with Azure, that kind of involves um, Azure AD, and then you're talking about um, App registrations, you manage identities and all kind of stuff. So that's that's one end. Mm. The security also comes into play um, for your staff that needs to operate and um, monitor all those solutions because they need some type of authorization as well, mm. but also need to be aware of what are the security uh, details of your solutions. An example, for instance, from real life is that an app registration has a expiry date, right? So if your app registration is set up to have a transference with D65, um, something with regards to business events, and if that app registration expires, mm. then your solution might fall over or you know it doesn't op work anymore because it's expired. And sometimes it's hard to identify, okay, hey, what happened? Mm. So that's where security and monitoring are, you know, kind of intertwined or related to each other or who has access to what. Uh, that's another thing. So security and monitoring definitely have something in common mm -hmm. and both should be taken very seriously from the start. Of course. The security yeah. with also with other target systems, right? There's always, um, maybe there's a rotating key solution that the keys are being refreshed ever now and then. Uh, the certificates, for instance, is an interesting one because certificates also have an expiry date. So those are the things that are um, things that you need to monitor as well. And and so mon people that are supporting integration solutions and monitoring them, they also should be aware of all the security details because there's so much uh, stuff going on and there's connectivity with all kinds of systems, um, usually supported through, through app registrations or uh, maybe certificates and so forth. Mm. Yeah. So obviously, uh, uh, organizations nowadays consider security and monitoring to uh, often be an afterthought, right? But that shouldn't be the way it should be. So uh, people should e definitely implement it right at the beginning of the solution to have better functioning of the system. Uh, fine. Uh, Steve, I also have a final question here to end up this uh, complete podcast in a question. Uh, so uh, how does monitoring refine the development or refine the uh, processing of a particular Azure integration? Um, could you repeat that question? Yeah, sure. So um, we have this final question for the podcast here. That is, yeah. uh, how do monitoring refine the system? So uh, we have an Azure existing system, right? So uh, placing monitoring there, how does it refine that existing uh, system completely? Um, that's actually a very good question. So the, refi the, 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 the kind of the short answer is the observability. So mm. um, redefinement means if you have your monitoring in place, you do it properly, you have like all kinds of, let's say, eyes and ears uh, inside mm. your solution means that you can then easily spot where your issues uh, occur. So you can know, okay, it happens right there at this process. What's very important um, with your integration solution as well, I'd like to, to point this out is that you, for each kind of flow you have from your system to let's say an intermediate and then to a target system, 
or a flow itself that you do tagging. Tagging like, okay, this is order 01, as in an order comes from, let's say, dynamics that or, or needs to go to dynamics from a target system. It's, it's mapped to some kind of intermediate and then goes into dynamics, which is then would be like order 02. So mm -hmm. tagging is very important, knowing exactly where what happens, which type of flow or part of a flow um, mm -hmm. might have an issue. So that's what the redefinement is about. It's also about tagging, identifying what kind of flows you have and how to monitor those. Because if you know, okay, order one has an issue, then okay, I know exactly where in my complex integration landscape, because you have all kinds of flows from left to right, et cetera. It's like, okay, this is where the error occurs. And then also provide some context to that issue, um, mm. Look, provides you with the insight, okay, so this doesn't really work because um, some data is missing. Uh, there might be a more technical issue regarding connectivity, uh, there might be a security issue because somehow uh, security details have changed and, you know, someone hasn't made you aware of it. Uh, validation issues, for instance, that someone has changed the contract. They're saying, mm -hmm. okay, well, we changed the contract at our end um, at a target system and a target system, or at least people that are monitoring those target system and maintaining it, don't provide you those details. So then you have this validation issue. Oh, okay. We're now missing a field apparently. And then by quickly identifying it, you can talk to uh, those people saying, Hey, why did you change the contract? And why didn't mm -hmm. you notify it? So it's also kind of, it redefines in a way that you also start to learn more and more about your system, mm -hmm. which is also a part of your observability. At least that term kind of provides that, uh, you know, this term of observability, it kind of tells you how your system behaves and works and yeah. having that knowledge having a knowledge base having a set of tooling having appropriate process all in, in place with regard to monitoring means mm. that you're better um, in a better shape of of monitoring it. and that kind of part is something that's definitely an afterthought security mm. what you just mentioned not so sure sometimes it is sometimes it isn't but monitoring is definitely something like at least i noticed it in some of the projects like oh yeah we'll monitor we'll do it later on we're not mm. going to bother about it now but it should be like no you should be bothered by it right away because you notice too right it's about a complete life cycle of a solution is about let's say 20% of implementation and 80% it's, 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 you know, complete lifetime all the way up the end. So it's 80% mm. of that integration solution resides in operations. Someone has to maintain those. If it takes, let's say two or three months to build something, it might be that the integration itself has its um, duration or it's a lifespan of a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Rightly something said. that should, that yeah. should be something that should be in the minds of, 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 of customers as well. Sometimes they say, yeah, yeah, we understand, but uh, yeah, we, or uh, they have might not, uh, they understand, but they don't have budget for it. Usually it's a budget mm. question as well. It's like, okay, or let's do it later on the afterthought thing. And then it's like, okay, and how do we set them up and what kind of skill set do we need? And then a lot of things need to be taken into consideration. Like, okay, how are we going to do this? Are we going to monitor it ourselves or are we going to, um, have some other party in place uh, with managed services. Hmm. However, they also need to have a good setup or at least some plugin like, okay, how are we going to monitor this solution? So a handover is important as well, including what I call the knowledge base. So everything that's being built and including like, okay, what are potential issues? What are the security details, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 
Yes, you rightly said that uh, many customers feel that monitoring is something not right now that which is needed and also they push it in terms of budgeting uh, problems as well. So that should be avoided because you get you, you have to invest in something to reap something, right? So that's that's something to be noted here. Uh, definitely, the, the monitoring requires definitely a, a good thought. Um, mm. but also good investment, you know, having a proper budget set up is either the setup and like having building up the knowledge base itself so you could do a handover to a manager of this party in the end of the day too, because you cannot do a handover of your solution without, yeah. you know, any details about how the solution was built, what potential errors can be, what the volumes are, what the formats are, what kind of the agreements are with your uh, target mm. systems, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Yeah, so that that was super um, explanation from your end, Steve. So one final thing, uh, what would be a quick advice to our listeners in terms of uh, Azure usage as well as uh, how should the uh, beginners of Azure uh, take this particular podcast? Uh, in which perspective should they take it? What they should take away from it is once they start you know, implementing uh, an integration solution, also think about, okay, uh, how is it going to be operated afterwards? Like, you know, you, you, you take, take some time to build it, but it's, it's, it's multiplied by uh, a magnitude with regards to uh, it being monitored and, kept, and, and it has to keep, uh, be kept healthy. Mm. So think about it too. So think about the requirements, think about some of the security details, think about setting up a knowledge base, thinking about you know, how does the ops guy have to look at this or the people that are supporting this? What do you feel when you're building this? They should know about your integration solution. Mm. Yeah, also, how are you going to monitor this integration solution? What kind of components are you using? What do you think, you know, the requirements should be? Uh, talk or reflect to some other people in your organization or your colleagues you're building your integrations with uh, when you start learning, um, do some consult an architect as well thinking about this complete you know monitoring ops or observability how you may want to call it how do you want to instrument it in the end and what kind of tooling do you mm. want to use so it's uh, the takeaway is people process products yeah so all the three p's should be noted here yeah think about the three p's yeah fine and final takeaway your... is the three p's that we have for you in the show to all our listeners Yes, exactly. Uh, that was an amazing session, Steve. So you gave a uh, highlight about how important a monitoring solution is and what is the role of it playing in a complete complex integration solution as well. So it was a pleasure hosting you in Ashore. Thank you for thank coming. You. Yes, thank you for inviting me and I uh, hope this uh, will be uh, useful and helpful for, uh, you know, for our listeners uh, of the podcast. So thank you. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. And also uh, a big hearty congratulations from Marin for your future endeavors. Yeah.